The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Here's one for all the neurotic, anxiety-driven listeners that are like myself. Let's talk about Route. If you are like me and you get anxiety wondering where your online orders are, tracking them down, wondering about delivery times, wondering if you're going to be home when it's delivered, wondering if you're ever going to get your package, then I have the solution for you, and it is called Route. Route is a free app that tracks everything you order online all in one place. It's a must-have, especially for the holidays. What it does is it pulls all your orders all in one place, like I said, and it shows you on a map so you can track your packages, understand where they all are, when they're being delivered. There's no more tracking down a bunch of tracking orders in your inbox, no more keeping track of order numbers, all of that stuff that just becomes so cumbersome and such a pain in the ass. And like I said, it's completely free. It's a must have for anyone that does any online shopping, which is basically everyone these days. It's also great right now during the holidays for people that are doing a ton of online shopping, wondering where those gifts are, when they're going to arrive, where they are, so just so you don't lose anything in the mix of the holiday chaos. And did I mention it's completely free? What Route does is it connects with any email address and even your Amazon account so you can stay on top of every order all in one place. What's also incredible is it shows photos of the items you order because sometimes having shopping amnesia, you just kind of forget what you have. So again, it has all your tracking, it has your order numbers, it has your emails connected and has photos of your items to figure out exactly when they're going to get there. So check it out. Visit www.route.com skinny to download route and more information. That's www.route.com skinny. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. The problem started in the 1920s with the advent of chemical application to farms. So prior to 1925, everything was organic. Chemical farming didn't come into into play until sometime in the early 1920s, between 1922 and 1925. Since then, it's become prolific. So if you care about what you're eating, you care about what you're putting in your body, you should care what kind of wine you're drinking. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Todd White, the founder of Dry Farms Wines. And today, it's a big day, everybody. Big, big day. We got some giggle water coming out. Lauren, take it away. So, you guys, you're going to love this episode. There's so many takeaways. But I became so obsessed with drinking organic, non-toxic wine that I decided to create a box, a curated box by yours truly with Dry Farm Wines. It's called the Skinny Confidential's Giggle Water Box. It's pink. It's adorable. It has stickers on the wine that say the Skinny Confidential. And it is all clean, organic, delicious wine picked by Michael and I and Weston. There's no sulfates, no commercial yeast. This one has no added sugar. It's sugar-free. And I picked wines only from Italy and France. This episode that you're about to listen to is so incredible with Todd. We didn't just sit around one day saying, hey, we were just going to come out with a wine collaboration. We have had bad experiences drinking wine, like I'm sure many of you had too. I get terrible headaches. I get terrible hangovers. I can't do it, even with quality wines. And it's because there is so much shit that we don't know about in wine. There are so many bad things that they do not have to disclose in the wine industry that they put in your wine. So when you hear this episode with Todd and he drops all of these truth bombs about 
everything that takes place in the wine industry, what you're putting in your body, doesn't matter how expensive, you are going to be blown away if you don't already know this stuff. And so when Lauren and I discovered this wine brand, we thought, okay, we're making a full switch. We're not drinking traditional wine anymore. We're not going to have stuff that we don't know where the ingredients come from. And this episode with Todd is incredible because he is such an authority and he really is just lighting up the airwaves with everything you need to know about the truth about wine. If you want to check out the Skinny Confidential's Giggle Water Box with Dry Farm Wines, all you have to do is head over to dryfarmwines.com slash theskinnyconfidential. All the info is there. Todd, welcome to the show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Todd, I have been wanting to interview you since I became a fan of this brand, which I feel like was like five years ago. Maybe longer. I have been, How long has it been around? Six years. Okay. So maybe you were early ago. adapter. Yes. I actually nice. heard about it through Kristen Cavallari. She was like, you have to try this wine on the podcast when she came on. I fell in love with it. It's all I order from my house. Nice. And I wanted to have you on because I want to dissect the wine industry because I think so many people don't know what really goes on. So just to set this up, tell us a little bit how you got into wine. I've been drinking wine since I was nine years old. Wow. Right? So not so much in the beginning, but occasionally family dinners and that kind of thing. So I've been a lifelong wine aficionado and had drank wines from all over the world. And I became a biohacker 20 years ago when I was in my 40s. And really for sanity and vanity and also for life extension, longevity, wellness, staying lean, just started biohacking is how we deploy our behavior to influence our neurological or biological outcome. And the most common biohack is a diet. Now, I started experimenting with the ketogenic diet through the Atkins diet in the 1980s. And from there, I just became interested in wellness and longevity. And so about seven or eight years ago, I started experimenting with what is would be called a therapeutic ketogenic diet. I don't do that any longer. I did it for about two years. Therapeutic keto is very extreme. And when I did, and it could have been a, a result of aging as well. I'm 62. So it could have been, it could have been, it could have been aging as well. But I found that wine was causing me to feel bad. And I stopped drinking wine for a while. I stopped drinking. I haven't drank spirits since I was in my forties, but I've been drinking wine exclusively for the last 20 so years. And so I thought it was just that alcohol was affecting me adversely. And some people report when they go ketogenic that they have a different relationship with alcohol. So I thought it might be a side effect of that. What I didn't know, even though I lived in the Napa Valley at the time and the most important wine appellation in North America, what I didn't know was what was really happening in wine. That's what we're going to talk about today, which is what we refer to as the dirty, dark secrets of the wine business. And even people in the wine business don't talk about it. That's the name of the podcast, by the way. Thanks, Todd. Keep going. The dirty, dark secrets of the wine business. So I have a few notes here. So I look down, it's just because there's so much to tell you that I don't want to leave anything out because it's so staggering. What was the first epiphany dark secret that you found that you were like, holy fuck? Well, there's 76 additives approved by the FDA for the use in winemaking. 76 additives. Let me just go through a few. Two of them are classified by the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health. Two of them are classified by the NIH as acute toxins. 
And there is a definition for acute toxin. Acute toxin is defined as adverse health effects or death on a single dose or multiple doses within a 24-hour period. Wow. Two are acute toxins. One is classified as an environmental hazard. Two are classified as mycotoxins. One is an ochratoxin A. We'll talk about what that means. Mycotoxins and ochratoxin A are both mold, black molds. They're toxic. We'll talk a lot about that because they're approved additives for wine. In addition to being an approved additive, ochratoxin A can also grow on grapes as a mold in the vineyard. Well, now it's interesting to note that in Europe, ochratoxin A testing is required for all wines by law. And it cannot go in. It, it, it can't it's, be present. Okay. It can be present up to two parts per billion under EU law, two parts per billion. To give you a reference of what that means, the EU allows 10 parts per billion in coffee. So for wine, it's even stricter. Two parts per billion is statistically not present, right? So, but ochratoxin A testing, because it's so toxic and adverse health effects to humans, is required for all EU wines. In the U.S., it is not required. So you can be drinking. Not only is it not required for testing, it's an approved additive by the FDA. Can, can I ask you maybe an ignorant question as we go through this? Why would we want, or why would anyone want these additives? And does it drive the price down? Is it easier to create? Like It's super easy. It's about money and greed. And we're going to talk about money and greed in the wine industry, in this $300 billion industry, and how we got to where we are. We're also going to talk about when these laws were written. So most of the alcohol regulation at the federal government was written between 1935 and 1945 and have not been updated since then. I mean, this is a bizarre, crazy story that is hard to believe. But everything I'm telling you, well, we're going to reference everything on all official documents published all on the internet. And for those listening and not seeing this, he's got a stack of documents here. But everything I'm telling you is verifiable by a Google search. So this is not Todd, the wine guy, trying to have marketing spin. Everything I'm going to tell you, every single fact I'm going to share with you, you can do a Google search on and verify. I'm going to leave all these documents behind for you so you can review them later. <clears throat> these are all National Institute of Health. World Health Organization, Wikipedia. This is, is, this is the real deal. This is not kind of something I'm making up to sell wine. But so let me just go through a few more of these things. Two of these additives are classified as corrosive. Corrosives like dra drain cleaner, right? Two of these additives are classified as flammable. And eight are classified by the National Institute of Health as irritants. Now, these are all in your wine or maybe in your wine. The problem is you don't know what's in your wine. You don't know about the 76 additives. And the reason you don't know about it is because the wine industry has spent millions of dollars in lobby money in Washington, D.C., where money exchanges hands for favors, to keep contents labeling and nutritional information off of wine. So unlike the food industry that where they, they have to put certain things on the labels, they do not have to do it in this you don't know how many carbs, you don't know how many calories, you don't know the ingredients. Go look at your wine, you won't be able to see it. You have no idea what's in your wine, including these additives I just referred to. Now, there's 76 additives, and in fairness to the additive list, most of them are okay. 
However, there's eight that are toxic. At nine, actually, that are toxic. But imagine if you were eating a food and you're like, hey, eight of the things that are in this product are toxic. You'd have people up in arms. But that's what they're drinking. So if you care about what you eat, you should care even more about the wine you're drinking. Mm -hmm. Acetaldehyde, dimethyl dicarbonate, aspergillus niger, rhizopus orze, copper sulfate, ammonia phosphate, formic acid, potassium metabisulfate, and finally sulfur dioxide. And if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you care about this. There are seven animal products. And let me list those for you. Seven oh, wow. animal products people up. that are approved for the use in winemaking. That they don't have to disclose. Uh, not, nothing is disclosed. So you could be a practicing vegan or vegetarian or whatever, and you could be having animal products without even nothing knowing Nothing is disclosed. Huh. Now, what I'm going to leave you with is this list right from the government's website. We're going to talk about this list of the 76 approved additives by the government that you don't know about because contents labeling are not on wine bottles. That's not an accident that there's not a contents label. In fact, let me describe the animal products before I get to the, to the nasty list of ingredients here that are going to freak you out. Cow liver, pig stomach, pig pancreas, fish bladder, pig stomach, cow stomach, Cow pancreas, cow liver, and egg whites. These are all on the approved additives. I, I knew about the fish liver. Why would, these, why would you need to put these kind of products as additives in wine? What does that do to the product? They're used for various things. All of these additives are used for various things. But the, the animal products are typically used for a process called fining. Okay. And fining is how you increase the lipidity of a liquid or the lipidity of wine. So the lipidity of wine is the clarity in wine. So you'll notice some natural wines, not any of the ones that we have here, but some natural wines have a slight cloudiness to them. That's because the lipidity level is lower because it still contains fine particles that were left behind in the winemaking process. And we believe that that adds texture and taste to the wine. We believe that it makes the wine better and it certainly makes it healthier. But Americans believe the wine needs to be crystal clear like this wine, right? And so there are various ways to get to this kind of lipidity, but the use of these animal proteins is one of the permitted ways in the United States. Okay, let me ask you this. Michael and I go to this restaurant all the time. We sit down, we order a great bottle of Brunello from, from obviously Italy, and we drink it with our steak. Since we ordered it and it's from Italy, does it still have all these things in it? The EU has 56 approved additives, so it's a different list. Now, additives tend to be, tend to be historically used at a lower level in Europe. Now, we don't sell domestic wine, as you know. There's no wines grown in the United States that meet all of our criteria of purity and health. Which is why I love you guys. Right. So we only sell European, South African, and South American wines. They're all natural. They contain no additives. Zero. Now. We'll get to what natural wine is and what it means, but let's just run through the additives thing real quickly because it's so crazy that these things are toxic. And rather than go through every single one, I'm going to leave this behind for you. It outlines all of the additives. And then corresponding with that are all of the documents on 
Well, let's take mycotoxins as an example. Mycotoxins can cause a variety of adverse health effects and pose a serious health threat to both humans and livestock. That's from the World Health Organization. This is what's in your wine. Humans and livestock. Right, right. This is what's in your wine. The adverse health effects of mycotoxins range from acute poisoning to long-term effects such as immune deficiency and cancer. Holy shit. That's from the, that's, this is from the World Health Organization. I mean, this is real. So here's what's happening. 19 years ago, the Center for Science and Public Interest, a nonprofit think tank in Washington, D.C., filed a petition with the government to disclose these ingredients and other disclosures on wine bottles. 19 years ago, this petition was filed and no action has ever been taken. This week, they filed a lawsuit against the federal government. Now, I will tell you that I predict that this lawsuit will, just like the petition from 2003, I predict it'll go nowhere. And is this, you think this is because there's so many lobbyists in Washington that'll just bury this thing or something? Absolutely. Yeah. This happens in special interests every day. It happens in the food industry. It happens in the alcohol industry. This bill, this legislation, this lawsuit won't see the light of day. First of all, it'll take five to 10 years to even litigate a suit, right? And they may not even have the money to stay in it. I mean, this will go nowhere. This is, it's, I mean, we appreciate it. We're supportive of what they're doing in the lawsuit, but it's not going to change the power of the lobby of the alcohol and wine industry in Washington. That's just kind of how it is. And so we as consumers are charged with our own health. Same thing in, in with, our, with the food that we're eating, although with the food, at least there's a disclosure of what's in it. Now, a lot of us, I don't eat processed food. You probably don't either. So I don't eat anything that's got one of those contents labels that look like that, right? And so about the most processed thing I eat might be mustard or mayonnaise. And I'll buy my mayonnaise from avocado oil from Mark Sisson, right? He's hey, a huge fan of your brand. He is. He is. Huge fan of your brand. He's a huge fan and has written for years about us. And he continues. always tweets about your biodynamic right. wine. Yep, yeah, Mark's a friend. We love Mark. Mark's a great guy. In fact, I live five minutes from Mark now. I just moved to Miami Beach. So. All right. So the next podcast is you and Mark on here. We're all drinking wine. Go nice, on. nice, nice. We're Mark. coming to Miami. Yeah. yeah, come to Miami. We'll do it there. So anyway, this ochratoxin A and microtoxins come into wine through an additive called Asperger's niger, right? It's, it's a fungus. It's a black mold. In fact, right here from Wikipedia, it's a disease called black mold, right? This is an additive for your wine. So if you're mold sensitive, you could be drinking molds. <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy, right? No, it's not that crazy that when you describe it, right? It's just frustrating because it seems like nowadays you you can't drink or eat anything or even put makeup on or be like you really have to be a, your own guru. Right. That you know the, the other thing is that some of the pushback Lauren and I get on this show is when we cu- when we question things at face value, right? Like on anything and it's because like even in it, it, wine here, right? Like there is obviously to your point real and serious government intervention to go into protecting this industry because of lobbyists. And so, you know, some of the pushbacks like, oh, you're just saying pseudoscience or rattling on about these things. But it's like, well, this stuff is happening. And if it's happening in wine, it's happening in a lot of other places too. It's not pseudoscience. This is 100% fact. No, I know. I'm saying that. I know, but I'm telling you backed up by real science. And so the wine industry is out there. The wine industry fears me. I'm the only person with this knowledge. Well, and right. Built a business showing that there's a better way. 
we, we've been fortunate enough to build a business by doing the right thing. Yep. And we did that because that's how I live, right? We meditate. We use cold thermogenesis. We do zone two and five training. We're ketogenic or slow carb. This is our life. This is not, I sell this wine. I got to this because I wanted to find a better way to drink when I discovered all this. And as a health advocate, a health evangelist, helping other people be healthy. Yes, I'm fortunate enough to get paid for what I do. But what I do is good work that helps people live a healthier life. Well, and if I didn't say this earlier, I was, and I was telling Lauren this the other day in the car, I was like the guys that I look up to are the guys like you and Mark Season who are, I would never have guessed that you're in your 60s ever if you came in here and, and I didn't know that. And I look at you guys like you and I'm like, those are the guys that are doing it right because they look like they're in their 40s when they're in their 60s. You don't look like the average 60-year-old American. It's like, obviously you're doing something right, right? Like there's something going on here with both you and guys like Mark that like, you know, you're onto something. I now refer to myself as a wellness and longevity lifestyle designer, right? And so there's the design of living well. And part of that is that I like to drink wine. And let me, I think this really surprises people. And you, you, you kids are young, so you don't, you don't have the same, the same, alcohol doesn't have the same effect on you that it has on. Mark and I just had, I was in Italy, Mark was in France about a month ago, and we had an hour long conversation about this. He called me up and he said, how much are you drinking? And I said, well, a lot. <laughs> and so, you know, we talked about, we, he said, yeah, I'm giving drinking a lot of thinking. You know, I only drink wine and I love it. I don't want to give it up. And I was like, we don't have to give it up. You know, we had this conversation about it. But most people would be surprised to hear me say the following because they think I'm here selling wine. And I, I'd love for you to buy my wine because I think it's better for you. And we're going to get into why in a moment. But, you know, I, I said to Mark, I said, look, you know, my life could be better off if I didn't drink at all. My wellness could be more advanced. I don't know. That's not going to happen. I love drinking wine. I love celebrating with wine. I love the euphoric effects of wine. I love the joy that wine and the community that wine brings. So I'm not going to stop drinking wine, even though I know alcohol is a dangerous neurotoxin. That's just a fact. Alcohol is toxic. I'm happy to tell you that. That isn't going to stop you from drinking. But, but you need to understand that that if you're going to drink, the way we approach it, and the way we think about it, and the way we think you should think about it is through what we call conscious consumption. So consume consciously. And that means lower alcohol. That means sugar-free. That means a natural product with all of these poisons in. Let me ask you this, because some people are sitting at home and they're like, oh, well, I don't drink wine. I drink tequila. I drink gin. Right. I, I drink beer. Can you sort of blow the lid off that? And you mentioned I, earlier you don't drink spirits at all anymore. I don't. I don't. There's a reason. So I'm, you know, I'm a biohacker, as we've talked about, and 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 in the biohacking community, which has now become just sort of more of a large health awareness. Biohacking has, you know, had kind of its day in the sun with Dave Asprey and whatnot. And it's just become a more health conscious, bigger community other than just what people would think is kind of extreme biohacking. But in the biohacking community or in much of the health community, people talk about tequila being the spirit of choice. If you're going to drink, Dave Asprey's famous for this, I don't drink alcohol, but if you're going to drink, you should drink tequila. My problem with tequila is it's 45% alcohol. And we've already talked about, I believe alcohol is toxic. I want to be conscious of my relationship with alcohol. And for me, that means drinking less alcohol, not more. And so while I agree that distilled spirits are clean, if you will, right? And they're certainly additive free, not true for darker spirits, but I'm talking about 
vodka or not, not gin either, but vodka or particularly tequila. And tequila always rises up as the sort of spirit of choice for health fanatics. I don't disagree with any of the points, although my problem with it is that it's 45% alcohol. And I'm trying to lower my alcohol content. I'm trying to lower my alcohol intake for conscious reasons, for spiritual reasons, and for health and longevity reasons. We know that alcohol can ha- be very damaging and, and, and very toxic in high amounts, which is why we only sell low alcohol wines. Our wines are from 6% to 12.5%. American wines, most of the wines sold in the store today are teetering around 145 to 15% alcohol. That doesn't sound like a big difference, but there's a huge difference between 11% and 15%, both on your brain health and also how you feel. So I know you guys have been drinking dry farm wines for a while. And if you go somewhere and you drink a commercial wine, you feel differently. Yeah. Yep. And it tastes way different. The hangover is so different. And I would love for you to elaborate more on that. I mean, I'm sure it's from the additives, but is there, I want to hear more about like the sugar. Because I've I've heard, and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like it was through your team that there's up to 40 grams of sugar added to a bottle of wine, which is like three or four Snickers bars, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not added. And let's, let's get to sugar in a moment. Well, let's say this about sugar. And I'm going to give you an example of how sugar compounds your hangover. And I give you a real simple example that everybody listening that drinks and that you will certainly have an experience with this. This is, tells you everything you need to know about sugar and your hangover. And we'll get to sugar and wines in a moment. But if you drink two shots of tequila, that's a very different outcome in terms of your buzz and hangover than if you were to drink two margaritas. So if you take four shots of tequila or drink four margaritas, you will suffer an immeasurably worse hangover. If I have four margaritas, I ain't coming out for a week. Right, right. Well, if you have two or three, though, you're going to have an immeasurably worse hangover with the sugar than you do with just the alcohol. And everybody who's ever drank a margarita or taken a tequila shot, which will include all drinkers that you know, can testify to that. I'm sure you've had this experience. I have. Many Not, times. Yes, many times. Many times. Many times. I stopped drinking spirits 20 years ago because it was a choice of both my wellness and my sanity, and I, I just... I tend to go, you know, I'm kind of like I'm full charge, like I'm type A. I drink like that too. So it's just best for me to drink lower alcohol natural wines and just kind of skip the spirits altogether. So for me, it was about brain health. And when we drink excessively, it's very damaging to our neurological state over time, right? And not, not to mention other biological functions like kidney and bladder and other biological adverse effects from drinking a lot of alcohol. So I just determined I really love wine. I don't really love alcohol. I like it in smaller doses. Again, I want to stay in that zone of euphoric joy, right? Without crossing over into kind of the other side, you know, where, because there's this window of opportunity with alcohol that is really fun, right? It's euphoric, it's joyful, it builds community, it opens, it makes us more vulnerable. People we drink with, people that we, we bond with people that we drink with, right? We tend to tell them more. You know, the wine goes in and the truth comes out. And so this is a great thing for building human relations and community. And so I think, I think that's amazing. But there's a point where alcohol 
tips us over to where it's not any longer amazing. It's kind of dumb. Right. And I'm trying to stay on the amazing side. I feel like that kind of euphoric buzz stage is always amazing. But as soon as it crosses to drunk, if I'm drunk and somebody else is not, you, you don't feel great about it. Or it, even worse in my case, because maybe I'm a little selfish. If I'm just a little buzz or if you're, and someone else is drunk and I have to deal it's with it. It's very annoying. It's annoying. Right. And, and I stayed sober just as an experiment for like almost 170 days. And, and I would realize like when people got drunk, like how pointless the conversation was. And you're just sitting there for hours and hours and hours on end, wasting all this time. So I think that there, to your point, there is that period where it's amazing, but if you go past it, it's like, oh God, this is Well, terrible. it's an occupational hazard. I do get drunk from time to time. I'd sure. be happy to share that with you. I mean, it is, it no, does happen. Same. What I call glorious exceptions, but generally I want to stay on the right side of, of how that feels. But I get drunk on a, you know, not on a fairly often basis. It happens It's occupational hazard of what I do. But I also don't drink during the daytime. I don't recommend other people drink during the daytime either. As we know, when we ingest an, an exogenous compound that has an energy source like alcohol, the body stops burning fat immediately. And so I want to spend my days burning fat all day long. That's the reason I'm slow carb or ketogenic. I want to stay in a fat burning state. I only eat once per day. I've been eating one meal a day for the last six years. And I, I think you know, people say, well, what's your greatest biohack? And it was there too. I think that meditation and fasting are the two most significant advances in my wellness. Quick break to talk about saving you money with rocket money. Listen, guys, the economy is a bit shaky right now, as you may have heard. Inflation is out of control and more so than ever, it is so important to make sure you aren't wasting or throwing away your hard-earned money, which is why we love rocket money. Rocket Money is an app that shows all of your subscriptions in one place and then helps you cancel whatever you don't still want or need. Think about all that money you could be wasting on unused subscriptions. Think Amazon Prime, Hulu, some app you downloaded and forgot about a long time ago. I can almost guarantee you there's a bunch of money being wasted on these kinds of things. Like I said, Rocket Money saves you money and even helps you find subscriptions you didn't realize you were still paying for. You might even find out that you've been double charged on some of these cases. So again, having this app helps you manage all of this and cancel what you don't need. Rocket Money makes it easy. All you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. In a time when we're all being very careful with dollars, managing our pocketbooks, managing the holiday spend, an app like this can really make the difference, especially if you find things you didn't realize you were paying for. So get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com skinny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com skinny. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com skinny. In a time when we're all being very careful with dollars, managing our pocketbooks, managing the holiday spend, an app like this can really make the difference difference, especially if you find things you didn't realize you were paying for. So get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com skinny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com skinny. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com skinny. Symbiotica is part of my entire family's day. In the morning, Zaza and I do the B12. It's like in this red bottle. And then we also do the D3. And the trick to the D3 I learned from Shervine is that it needs to be mixed with K2. And those are two staples in my house. I squirt it under my tongue. I do one squirt under her tongue. She loves it. She asked me for red and yellow. And we've made it a part of our routine. For the amount of supplements I take from Symbiotica, I haven't had a tattoo in a while, but I think if I did, it would probably <laughs> say Symbiotica. I take so many of their supplements. Michael is such a fan. He literally takes, I think, almost every supplement they sell. 
Here's the thing, too, about this company. Every single ingredient is the highest quality you can possibly find. I have had you guys DM me about how things have changed in your life. Your immunity, your inflammation, it boosts your energy. I'm just so much about this. And there's so many ways to get creative. Like I even take their longevity chocolate mushrooms and I'll put it on top of like a vanilla ice cream for Zaza. Like there's so many things that you can do when the vitamin is something that tastes good, especially for the child. We have a code for you. You can use code SKINNY at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. This is in addition to custom bundle discounts, so you get 45% off. I'm just saying I would like this as a gift for Christmas. If you're looking for a gift to give your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your significant other, you can go create your custom bundle at symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com, and you get 30% off. Make sure you use code SKINNY. I would agree with meditation. I started a year ago and it's changed my life. I'm trying to get my husband. I told him, I said, it's like a strategy session with yourself every day. I've been working on it every, I've been doing it every morning, but I just can't have you chirping in my ear anymore about it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I know. Or I'm going to stop. Sorry, I can't stop. If you keep doing it every I show, I'm going to stop. I'm going to so stop. Annoying. do it just to spite I you. Wanna, so. <laughs> no, nice. I want to know Todd's meditation routine, exactly what it is in the morning. And it's so great with dry farm wines. When I wake up in the morning, and I don't drink dry farm wines, I almost can't meditate because I'm still hungover. But with dry farm, when I wake up, I have no problem meditating. So speak on your meditation routine and how it sort of intertwines with the drinking the night before. And no matter how much I drink, as long as I'm drinking dry farm wines, I don't suffer a hangover. I, I don't generally drink enough to get to that stage. And now if I drink any amount of commercial wine, I will have adverse feelings, both while drinking it. I have frontal lobe kind of like sensitivity here to something that's in it. We don't know exactly what it is. We just know when we remove all these poisons that you don't have that experience. And so there's no research out there to tell you which one of these poisons or the combination of them is making you feel bad. Again, because you don't even know what you're drinking in the first place. Well, we don't know what anytime you drink, you have no idea what you're drinking anyway, but there's no research to support it because research requires funding, right? And there's nobody to fund this. What we do know is when they're not present in the bottle, you feel differently both while drinking and afterwards, right? And so, uh, and everybody who drinks dry farm wines or natural wines, but we'll get into the difference between dry farm and natural in just a moment because it's, there's no international certification for what a natural wine is yet. France is reportedly next year going to certify a natural wine, although dry farm wines has a certification that each of our wines must meet very strict criteria. And natural wine is just the foundation. Then we have a whole another set of benchmarks that dry farm wines has to meet, like has to be sugar-free. Not all natural wines are sugar-free. Has to be lower alcohol. Not all wines, natural wines are lower in alcohol. Must be dry farmed. Most natural wines are dry farmed. It's not required as a part of the international classification. So we, we, put in place for health reasons, because we're really health advocates who happen to sell wine. We wanted to, we're fanatics. We wanted to get down to what's the very healthiest wine experience you could possibly have. And that's what we created the certification around. And so that's exclusive to dry farm wines. If you're going to drink wine, it's not ours. You should drink natural wine first or organic at the very least. But, and this is the organic, and I'm, I'm going to come back to how all this happened around money and greed. But one thing I mentioned about organic, everything, a lot of this is very confusing, including this. So not, 
all organic wines are natural, but all natural wines are always organic. So if you go into Whole Foods and you see an organic wine, that doesn't mean that it's a natural wine or that it's any healthier for you. It just means that it was farmed organically. It could still contain any of these additives. It could contain sugar. It, it, there, it could be lots of things except it's organic. And so a natural wine is the only way to get to the additive-free state. And in dry farm wines, as I mentioned, we have a number of other criteria and benchmarks that every wine must meet. We lab test independently, lab test. We're the only wine company in the world that does independent lab testing. So to make this further confusing, after this was start to how this happened around money and greed, to make this further confusing, since Strifon Wines has been very successful and has enjoyed a terrific journey as a business, now we've got like 15, 20 knockoffs. It's made the space very confusing for people now. Sugar-free this, that. we got some celebrity wines making the same claims, but unfortunately, they're not natural wines. They're made in the same wine factories in California that are making the rest of the toxic wine. And they're not additive-free. They're, they're, they've come out and said, this is. I'm sure you've seen them on social. And this wine is made in a factory in California. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Getting back to speaking of factories in California, let's talk about how this happened. 50 or 60 years ago or 80 years ago, all wines were natural. They were also dry farms. There was no irrigation in grape farming in the United States until the 1970s. Prior to that, everything was dry farm. Now, why do you use irrigation? The same reason you use these additives. These companies, and I'm going to tell you who they are, these companies are not trying to make wine better or healthier. They're trying to make it faster and cheaper to increase their profit margins. And so the top three wine companies in the United States make over 52% of all U.S. wines. Oh, wow. it's a big statistic. The top 30 wine companies in the United States make over 70% of U.S. wines. Now, you go in the grocery store, into a wine shop, and you see hundreds or thousands of bottles, right, down a long shelf in an aisle. Most of these wines are made by just a handful of companies. Now, they don't want you to know that. Remember, the top 30 wine companies make over 70% of U.S. wines. They don't want you to know this. So these multi-billion dollar wine conglomerates, marketing conglomerates, hide behind thousands of brands and labels to confuse you. So they'll put a farmhouse on the label, right? Or an animal or something cute, but, or a chateau. So they put this farmhouse on the label because they want you to believe that this wine is made on a small family farm. This wine is made in giant factories located in central California. These factories where 90% of U.S. wines are made in California, where these Wine factories, which are multiple football fields large, they're huge, they're gigantic, right? These are factories that make these wines for just a handful of companies that make almost all the wine on U.S. shelves. And these aren't the places you're touring when you go to Napa. No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't see these no. places. Well, there's an interesting example. Let me give you an, an, an interesting example, speaking in Napa Valley. This is how this is done. So 15 years ago or so, Robert Mondavi, you've probably heard, Robert Mondavi and his family are wonderful people who I'm friends with a number of them. Robert Mondavi, one of the most famous American wine names in history, maybe the most famous. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if he's, who else? 
Yeah. Well, there's there we could go down the list, but let's just use this one as an example because this is a great example of how this happens. Fifteen years ago or so, Robert Mondavi sold Robert Mondavi Winery to one of the top three wine companies. They paid $1.2 billion for it 15 years ago when a billion dollars still meant something. Now, it was a lot of money. Let's just use, I'm going to use some round numbers to tell you how this works. Let's say at the time, Robert Mondavi was making, say, a million cases a year. Most of that wine was being made in factories, in fairness. Most of it was not being made in Oakville, California, where the famous Robert Mondavi winery is that appears on almost all of their bottles. It's a beautiful and iconic winery designed by a now deceased but very famous California architect named Cliff May. It's a beautiful place. And Robert and his wife, they're both dead, but they, they were amazing people, right? She was an artist. He was a vivant. I mean, he's just a great, great guy and a pioneer, considered the pioneer of Napa Valley. But in fairness of those million cases, very few of them were actually made in that winery that appears on the bottle that is in Oakville, California, that can produce very little wine. So here's what happens. This wine company comes along and purchases for $1.2 billion. Let's just say at the time they were producing a million cases a year. What happens next is that they take that name. Now they bought the use of the name, and the family can never use the Mondavi name again because it's owned by this company. And now they ramp up produ production to, say, 10 million cases a year still putting the Robert Madavi, still the association. And when you pick up Food and Wine magazine or Bon Appetit and you see the Robert Madavi ad in the magazine where you see the beautiful girl and her new husband standing in the vineyard in front of this iconic winery in Oakville, California, you think that's where it's coming from. But you don't make 10 million cases a year there. Say when they sold it, they had, let's just say, 25 SKUs. They had 25 different wines. Now they may have 250 SKUs. Still with the same name on it, still with the same imaging. That's kind of how this is done, right? And filled with potentially, we don't know what's in it because there's no contents label. We can assume that many of these wines contain some of these 76 additives that we talked about. What happened and how that happened, just in the Robert Madavi case, how that happened is what in private equity we call roll up. So we had a whole bunch of publicly funded wine companies using public money, publicly traded companies, roll up the wine industry, which means- Take they, a bunch of private companies and put them under- yep. Put a bunch of, and put them all back in the, put them all back under their ownership. So everybody still thinks that they're drinking from these little mom and shop or these small wineries, but now they're all from these publicly traded companies that are using now their operations of mass production to use basically the- This no is just kind of how it's done. Yep. But it's it's done. called money and greed. It's done in the food industry today. Basically nine or 10 companies- produce most everything in the grocery store. And they do it by acquiring, well, in some cases, health brands, like when Kraft bought Mark Sisson's company. Primal Kitchen is now owned by Kraft. Kraft is one of those 10 companies. Not everything Kraft puts out is terrible, but much of it is, like mac and cheese is made with all kinds of artificial things. Yeah, they have those images now online where you can like pull up Craft, and then it shows all the lines of all the brands right. that it owns. And it's not just small brands. I mean, they're big. They're, they're huge. Yeah, it's right. a huge company. Yeah. Huge company. Public, again, public money. So we only sell wines grown by very small farm family farms. We work with about 600. There are about 1,000 natural wine growers in the world. It's a less than 1% of all the wine produced in the world is natural. Only 5% of the world produced is organic. Now think about that for a moment. Of all the wine produced, only 5% of it is organic. 
Which it's, is a shame because it should be a completely organic product. You know, it should be. But the problem is, you it costs more money to farm organically. No, but I'm just talking about the origins of wine throughout history. Like it should be a pretty natural product. Right? Well, for nine thousand years, we've been drinking wine. Yes, and Europeans have been making wine for three thousand years, and for the most of the propensity of that, it was all organic, it was all natural, it was all dry farmed. Yep. And so if we didn't get into chemical farming, which is another problem. Remember, 95% of vineyards farmed are farmed with chemicals, including herbicides and pesticides and fertilizers, nitrogen. The problem started in the 1920s with the advent of chemical application to farm. So farming prior to 1925, there everything was organic, right? Chemical farming didn't come into into play in, until sometime in the early 1920s, between 1922 and 1925. Since then, it's become prolific. And as I mentioned, in grape farming, it's 95% of all grapes are farmed with chemical. So if you care about what you're eating, you care about what you're putting in your body, you should care what kind of wine you're drinking. Let's get to sugar in wine for a moment, because that is a super common question that I get, particularly from our audience, which, which are health advocates. How much sugar is in wine? What sugar-free wine mean? How does sugar get in wine? Doesn't grape juice have sugar in it? Let's talk about the winemaking practices, the protocol about how you make wine. And this will tell you how, because surprisingly, and this is a common myth, sugar is not added to wine. Generally, that's not a universal statement, but generally it's called chapelization. Generally, sugar is not added to wine. There's some specific exclusions to that, but more or less, that's not the way how sugar gets into wine. How sugar gets into wine is in the winemaking practice, the protocol of making wine. So the winemaker decides how much sugar is going to be in the wine. There's a little device. So here's how you make wine. You press the juice from the berries in, in a bladder press. The juice runs over into a tank. That juice is filled with sugar. It's super sweet. The wine is inoculated with yeast. And we'll get into this process a little bit more on yeast in a moment. But the wine is inoculated with yeast, either naturally or unnaturally. And the yeast eats the sugar. And the byproduct of the yeast eating the sugar is ethyl alcohol and carbon dioxide. Now, here's how sugar gets in wine. There's a little device that goes on the edge of the tank that hangs down into the tank that tells the winemaker at any given time how much sugar is left in the juice. And at the desired amount of sugar left in the juice that the winemaker wants to use, because Americans love sugar, and sugar adds mouthfeel to wine, and it gives you that long syrupy finish that people seem to like, you know, long finish. You'll notice dry farm wines, you drink this, they don't have any long finish. It's very crisp. It's very light and fresh, right? Because no sugar in it. At the moment that the winemaker has achieved, whether he's in a factory or no matter where, when the winemaker has achieved the level of sugar they want in the wine, they pour one of the acute toxins that are on the additive list called sulfur dioxide. They pour sulfur dioxide in, and that will kill the yeast because it's toxic. When it kills the yeast, the yeast stop eating the sugar, and it leaves behind the desired amount of sugar. And the industry is known as RS, or residual sugar. Sulfur dioxide is used three times in commercial winemaking practices. And, and I'll get into the first time that it's used because it relates to this yeast thing back. So with our wines, because we lab test for sugar, glucose and fructose, which are the two sugars found in wine. In our wines, the winemaker allows the yeast to eat all of the available sugar and never kills the yeast with sulfur dioxide. 
the yeast will die in the end in what's known as a complete fermentation because they eat all of the available sugar and the wine is sugar-free. And since they don't have any food source, the yeast then die. I'm reading about this sulfur dioxide, not to cut you off, but it's very toxic by inhalation and may irritate the eyes and mucous membranes. Under prolonged exposure to fire and heat, containers may rupture violently and rocket. Used to manufacture <laughs> chemicals and paper pulping and metal food processing rate of onset immediate and delayed persistence. Which makes sense because when you wake up in the morning and you're probably consuming this in, in, in your commercial wine, your eyes hurt. I mean, it, it makes sense. <laughs> Disinfectant and preserving in breweries and food canning, textile industry and batteries. Oh, right. fuck. So anyway, Gross. I, I mean, so we, 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 we could go on about, about these additives, but let's talk about what, what's the difference between a conventional wine and a natural wine? Because it's, it's only three, three components. There are many components to a conventional wine, including additives and all the things we've talked about. But a natural wine, there are three components. And this comes back to the yeast in one of them. So number one, natural wines are always organic or biodynamically farmed. Always. Number two, they are fermented with wild indigenous native yeast. What's that mean? Well, conventional wines, commercial wines, are fermented with GMO, lab-cultured and grown yeast. Well, why don't they just use the natural yeast? Because on the grape skin of every grape berry in the world at the time of harvest, there's a white waxy film on the grape skin, and that is wild yeast that's been collected through the air in the vineyard where the grape was grown. It's known as wild indigenous native yeast. Why don't these commercial companies just use the wild yeast to ferment this wine? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, the wild yeast will die if the alcohol level gets too high. Number two, you can't make wine in large volumes using this native yeast. It's too temperamental and fragile. Number three, you can buy these GMO commercial yeast to have certain flavor profiles. Let's say if you want a wine to taste like it's from Italy, you can buy yeast for that because they've been, they've been modified to have flavor profiles. Now, you will know that yeast has flavor profiles for this simple explanation. During the pandemic, you might remember, we had a big sourdough break, baking craze, right? And everybody was always trying to get their friend's mother yeast because it has a better complexity to it. So yeast can be grown or yeast will have different flavor profiles. Right. Well, you can actually alter them to have flavor profiles that you want. And so the commercial yeast industry made these very sturdy that you are very easy to work with. They're very robust and you can make wine in large volumes with them with low risk. Not true for the native yeast. And the third component that makes a natural wine different from a commercial wine is that it's additive free. But let's talk about sulfur dioxide, the, the additive we were just talking about. The battery it's, additive. Yeah, the battery additive. There are sulfites in all wine. The sulfites. There's a difference between sulfur dioxide and a sulfite. Sulfite is naturally occurring in any food that's fermented and many other types of foods. These are naturally occurring sulfites, and those are in natural wines because natural wines are a fermented product. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, is what you're saying. That's not sulfur dioxide, this additive. Okay, okay. Sulfur dioxide is used to sterilize and preserve wine, but the first time it's used in the commercial wine making operation is, remember when you make wine, you press the juice from the skins, it goes into a tank. Then it's going to inoculate with yeast. That's when the yeast starts eating the sugar. But in the commercial, in the conventional commercial winery, 
first you have to kill the native yeast. Remember I said on every grape berry in the world at the time of harvest, there is yeast on the skin. They don't use it because it's too unreliable for them. And because it doesn't create a high enough alcohol content, right? Is that Well, if the alcohol content gets too high for a native yeast, it will kill the native yeast. Okay. If you okay. buy a commercial yeast, it'll, you'll see on the package, it'll say, will withstand alcohol levels up to 20%. So before they inoculate it with this GMO commercial yeast, before that happens, they first dump sulfur dioxide into the tank to kill the native yeast. Because you can't have the native yeast and the commercial yeast warring with each other, right? You'll, you'll end up with a broken fermentation, which is a real problem in winemaking. So to kill the natural process even further, they dump this in here. They dump because- sulfur dioxide in to kill the native yeast before they inoculate it with the commercial lab-grown yeast. Because they need the commercial lab-grown yeast to be the main flavor profile or- Yeah, to, well, okay. to or be to- the most stable yeast. Okay, okay. I don't know, kids. I, you know, what the fuck can I tell you? I mean, it's complicated. I know we drive deep down into the woods, you know, the wormhole in this. What you can tell me is I will be purchasing a hundred boxes of the Skinny <laughs> right. Confidential curated box for dry farm wines. And I want to go through the wines that we chose. Before nice. you real quick, nice. Know, knowing all this now, if you're out and you don't have, I mean, you're unique because obviously it's your company and you have- but You bring uh, a bottle and corkage. So is, yeah. You so if you're in a, even a nice restaurant, what are you you ordering if you don't have access to you corkage? Uh, well, there's well in Texas you can do corkage. Yeah. Not every state allows it. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So sometimes you can't. So what do you like if you're not drinking spirits? Yeah, what do you do in this particular case? I always drink rosé or white. I never drink commercial reds because they just tend to be more toxic for a bunch of different reasons we don't have time to get into. But I'll drink a rosé or a white, and I will drink usually a french wine i will drink a european wine i don't drink i don't drink domestic wines i'll drink a european wine even if it's not natural i'll choose a white or a rosé for this reason i will usually add cold spring water like this spring water we're drinking i will add spring water to it in amount of a third to a half of water so this is in fact reducing the alcohol level in the wine I mean, I'll still drink the same amount over time. What about ice? Ice is fine too. If you but want, but it's it. not spring water, I guess. No, but I mean, I, I, I don't like, I don't like tap water using because tap water's got chlorine and it's got you know it you smells get a, get and a, tastes. Get a bottle funky. water or something. Yeah, yeah. Just, just 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 a bottle of water, and I cut it down. This is, in effect, cutting the alcohol down, cutting any additives down that might be in it. And it just makes it more pleasurable for me to drink and enjoy. That's what I do. Yeah. The reason I wanted to ask you is if someone didn't have this, which I think they all should, but if they didn't and they're at a restaurant and they're thinking, okay, I want to get a bottle of wine, like your go-to would be a French white or rosé and then yes. kind of spiking it yeah. a little bit. And I was water. in Uchico last night. That's a great restaurant. And we took, we took four bottles of wine, but there was four of us and we drank all four. <laughs> and so we actually ended up ordering a fifth bottle and we, from them, and it was a wine from a Gruner Veltliner, which is a great a grape grown in Austria. And I just know that most people who grow this grape are more conscientious growers. It's just But if you're not out to dinner with Todd and yeah. you're not on text basis, you gotta bring your own wine if you can. Yeah. If you're in t- like we t- as I said, we took four bottles and drank them all. So you brought four the- of your bottles. Oh, yeah, I brought four of my uh, bottles. These these bottles, by the way, yeah. the champagne and the rose are coming to dinner with us tonight. Nice. All right, switch gears. Okay, switch gears. Yeah, I just want to know because I think I know people are going to have that on their mind. They're like, if we don't. Oh yeah, they, that's a great question. But now no, listen, we're going to talk about getting access to this now. 
I do not screw around when it comes to my lip oil. This is something that I do every single day, and I do it while I'm doing my skincare routine. So I'll do my entire face. I'll brush my brows up with castor oil to grow them. I'll put it on my eyelashes, and then I put my lip oil on. And that is because I do not screw around when it comes to lip wrinkles. This is part of my routine. Like, no joke, I think of my lips as skin. And the one that I love is by Versed. It's so affordable. It's cruelty-free, vegan, dermatologist-tested. It's sensitive, skin-friendly. This is important to me. And the best part about them is they're affordable. So you can find them in the drugstore. I think it's like the best beauty brand in the drugstore. They formulate to the highest standards in the world, and they use safe, effective ingredients at skin-changing levels. So think retinol and vitamin C at a fraction of the cost of high-end skincare. Some of their products include an instant resurfacing mask. They also have this best-selling retinol body lotion. Anyway, if you're looking for clean beauty that's affordable, this is it. I definitely, though, whatever you do would get that lip oil. It's absolutely amazing when it comes to hydrating your lips and perfect to put on before bed or when you wake up with your skincare routine. You're going to visit versedskin.com skinny and use code skinny10 at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. That's V-E-R-S-E-D skin.com skinny and use code skinny10 at checkout for 10% off your purchase. You're going to visit versedskin.com skinny and use code skinny10 at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. That's V-E-R-S-E-D skin.com slash skinny and use code skinny10 at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Cheers. I'm a big believer about, yes, using amazing skincare products, but I'm also a believer about making sure I'm eating right. So if you're looking for smooth glowing skin without expensive creams, then you have to try implementing collagen into your life. A lot of people do one scoop in their coffee I like to put it in water, froth it up, and drink it down. And the one that I've been using is Live Conscious. So they have this one. It's called Beyond Collagen. Here's why this is amazing. We just did a whole podcast on amino acids. So to have that whole scoop of amino acids in your coffee, in your water, in your smoothie with collagen and vitamin C is amazing. And this is going to help your body produce more collagen and biotin for enhanced hair and nail growth. Their collagen is amazing. It's naturally sourced from grass-fed bovine, wild-caught fish, chicken, and eggshell sources to make a collagen cocktail that benefits your whole body. Live Conscious is amazing. Coupling clinical science with ancient wisdom, Live Conscious is on a mission to help people feel more connected to themselves, one another, and the earth. Live Conscious proudly partners with Eden Reforestation Projects to plant one tree for every purchase. And with your help, they're on track to plant one million trees by the end of this year really amazing. So if you're looking to implement something into your day, collagen is the underlying structure that holds our body together and it's responsible for keeping our skin plump, strengthening our nails and our hair. I love it all. Okay. We have a code for you as always for a limited time, get your next purchase of Beyond Collagen with an exclusive 15% off for TSE listeners only. You're going to go to weliveconscious.com slash skinny and use promo code skinny anywhere on the site. Again, that's weliveconscious.com slash skinny. You get an extra 15% off. And that is on top of their standard savings. It's valid for Beyond Collagen as well as their entire line of 23 unique offerings designed to balance your mind, body, and spirit. I recently organized my fridge. And what I did was I stocked our fridge in these really cute acrylic organizers with perfect bars. Okay, here's the thing. These are so good. And they're also full of protein. There's no like chalky artificial aftertaste. And Zaza likes them. Michael likes them. I like them. Everyone that comes to my house too, I'll be like, do you want some water? And oh my God, you have to try this perfect bar. 
The one that Michael and I cannot get enough of is the dark chocolate chip peanut butter, and it has sea salt in it. It's so delicious. There's 17 grams of protein per bar, and it comes in 10 delicious flavors. Many people are running around with not nearly enough protein in their system. And so if you're feeling a little hangry, feeling you're not like getting the results that you want, feeling like you're a little bit lethargic, a little slow, it may be because you're lacking protein. So having a few of these things that taste phenomenal around the house, in your bag, on the go is a no-brainer. They also have the mini bars too, are the ones that I like because they're quick, they're easy. Like if, if your husband's like being a dick because he's hungry, this is absolutely perfect for you. You should know all the bars are made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods, so they have you covered. These are so popular. People are obsessed. They're non-GMO. Perfect Bar knows it will be love at first bite, so for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. So here's how it works. You're going to sign up for email or text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store, and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly in your Venmo or PayPal account. Pretty cool, right? All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash skinny to get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash skinny and you get a free perfect bar today. Happy snacking. I decided to partner with you because I'm sick of all the misinformation. I've been a practitioner of this wine. I've drank it. My husband's drank it. My friends have drank it. We did a wine tasting test. We were very specific about the wines that we put in the Skinny Confidential Times Dry Farm wine. We had fun with your team. We sat down to the virtual tasting and went through. Everything. All the things. And I wanted to make sure that each one that I chose was an experience. So like we love going to get oysters. Like what, what is that wine? We love a nice steak. We love to be, you know, home sometimes by the fire, like whatever it is we went through. So I would love to go through each of these wines and just hear like your take on it. And maybe I can just, Michael and I can sort of talk about why we picked it. So I'm going to let you pronounce it because. Well, that, that may, that may or may not work. I don't speak French. Okay. Well, then why don't we just, let's say the varietals. uh, Nabiolo, Cabernet and Merlot, which is a, it's an Italian blend. And I would pair this with you know heavier more robust food this was like our steak one I think. right this is like a this is like a steak wine i love nabiola this is a blend of three grapes i actually just love nabiola alone but this is nabiola cabernet sauvignon and merlot i picked this one because like i said i, I, I like love this wine when i go out to dinner this is a good one when you go out to dinner it's beautiful I love this wine. And then I picked two reds. And the reason that I did that is because your team told me that the red, like you just said, the red industry is like so crazy. So the other red we picked, I'm, I'm going to let you, is from France too. Yes. It's the Mouvadre is the grape. Yes. And this and is, this is you can do this red wine during the day, which I loved. Yeah. It's lighter. It's a little, it's not as dense as the Italian wine. And what food would you particularly pair this with? Or well, if anything. I drink, this is what I would call a fish red, meaning that it's so light and fresh that other than shellfish, I would, I would drink it with anything like, okay. like a white fish, a chicken, you know, the conventional thought over time, this is not true, particularly for our wines, but you know, that white wines go with fish and chicken and red wines with beef, pork and whatever. That's not, that would be true for many, many red wines that you see particularly in the American marketplace, because they're they're so heavy, big, and rich, and extracted, and high alcohol. Alcohol adds density to wine. And so when you remove the alcohol, the wine gets lighter and fresher. And so it also makes it more food-friendly. So, like, I'm a red wine drinker. I love red wine. I drink white and rosé some, but I generally default to reds. And I generally, 
drink lighter reds. If you look at this wine, the wine in question here, is that is that the one we're talking about? Well, you can you can see, you can't see here, but if you look, you can see the color of the wine. It's much lighter. It's much when, lighter. When we, when we had it, that's what we, because we, we love reds too. And we're like, okay, we picked two of them because we, the other one's a little heavier. And just, and we had this, we had it with a drunken goat cheese, which was so right. good. And then we had it with prosciutto and melon. So like it's, that's, it's, that's, it was it's, delicious. It's you guys. great for melon. It's great for white fish. It's great for anything. Chicken. It's just because it's so light and fresh. You know, you don't have to follow this rule that it's kind of a red meat or pork kind of. I like that you said that, though, because I think a lot of people think red like you can't do with fish. It depends on what it is. And and as you know, we have a wine app that you can just take a photograph of the the label of the wine and it will describe the wine, give you pairing notes. It will tell you what to what to expect the taste of the wine. And what I loved about this whole experience is I really got to choose from so many different wines. So this is the wines that I drink at home that I would drink. Michael likes. Weston tried them. Mimi tried them. Everyone tried them. The next one we did, I wanted to have a really great white wine from France. And this... For oysters. For oysters. This you guys, is like... This is the oyster, oyster wine. This is the oyster wine. You put your horseradish on your oyster. You have a little bit of Tabasco, a bunch of lemon. And then this is something Michael and I would probably have chilled. Maybe we put a few ice cubes in it. And maybe you can describe, Todd, your it, vibe on this. It's super... It has a lot of salinity. Salinity is the saltiness. It tastes like you're... It kind of feels like you're by the sea. It's a super mineral wine, which is why it pairs really well with oysters and shellfish. The grape is a, a melon bouillon, and it's very citrus and fresh and just really, really pairs nicely with oysters and shellfish. And then and cheese as well. Cheese is so good. The drunken goat. You guys have to try it. Okay, so then another one that I wanted that I had to have, and this was a non-negotiable, talk to your team about it, was a sparkling wine. I wanted it from France. The Camont. Yes. And I wanted something that was bubbly and crisp and just delicious with, again, cheese. I'm a big cheese fan. What's your thoughts on this one? Well, this is so there there are two types of sparkling wine in the natural wine world. One is called a cage over cork. That's what you have. This is the cage over the cork. Everybody's familiar with champagne. Champagne is always cage over cork. Because the pressure in this type of sparkling wine is so high, the cage is required to hold the cork in so it won't get pushed out from the pressure of the carbon dioxide. It's a very specific style. It's champagne-like. The other sparkling wine that, that, that comes in the natural wine world is called Pet Nat, and it typically has a bottle cap closure on it. It's a much smaller bubble and a much lower pressure. It doesn't taste anything like champagne. It tastes like a sparkling wine more so than a champagne. Champagnes are only grown in the Champagne region, although a Cremant is a champagne-like style of making sparkling wine. So this is wine's made exactly the same way that champagne is made. And so it tastes and feels like champagne, but it's not champagne because it didn't come from the Champagne region. There are two grapes in this wine. One is Chardonnay and the other is Pinot Noir. And this one, you guys, is going to have a real bite at the end. I like a bite with the sparkling wine. And then the last one, you know, we had to do a pink rosé, of course. And this one is from France. And it is absolutely delicious. You can pair this one 
with food or you can just have it without. I wanted a wine that you could just I drink just on a summer drink day. just drink this wine. We like it just by in the, the day. bottle. Yep. Like, drink, it's yeah, just like, it's like so just, good. You can drink it by the pool. You can drink it at soccer practice in a flask. No, I'm just kidding. You can drink it wherever you want to drink it, but it's crisp. You don't need a lot of food with it or you could have food. But I will tell you the thing about all these wines. I personally think that I, we really went for not, and not that you guys even have this syrupy, thick, sweet wine. We all don't have of, any. We, you guys don't have it. So that was, it was very easy for me, me, me to make the decision. I want to tell you, these are all dry wines to me. It tastes they're very dry, crisp, right? They're all super light yes. and fresh and crisp and mineral driven. And those are the wines that we sell. But we, we only sell 21% of the wines that we taste. Right. So either they fail labs or they failed our initial taste. So taste is super important to us. We're super taste driven. The wine's not delicious. Now you're going to have some wines that you prefer more than others because we're all different. Right. But, but we're super, super driven by taste. I don't care how healthy the wine is. If it doesn't taste great, I'm not interested in drinking. Sure. We have a tasting panel of five professionals who are wine professionals and are also health evangelists who taste every wine. And then I personally taste every wine before it goes out. I picked the wrong job, Lauren. I, I got to go. I know. What a job. What a job. You guys, the Skinny Confidential Times Dry Farm Wines Boozy Box. It's pink. We curated the box for you. There is a beautiful note card when you open it up. The whole slogan is there is nothing worse than waking up with a crusty, dehydrating hangover, especially when it's a hangover from one glass of wine or two. There's nothing worse. And Dry Farm, I've tried. I'm the practitioner of this wine. I do not have a hangover. You're going to love this curated box. It comes with cute, skinny, confidential stickers. Todd, that episode blew my mind. Todd, I need to get a special bag from you now because I'm thinking every time I go to a restaurant now in Austin, I'm just going to be lugging around the wines. Yeah, do you have like like, a cute bag? You know what? I need like a special wine bag to bring this. This is my wine bag that I travel with and also my occasion. So it goes in my suitcase. Love it. It's super light. Yeah, I just carry a backpack. That's your next product, a dry farm bag. We need that. that. And the other thing we're about to come out with, which is super cool. Funny you mentioned the soccer game. We're about to come out with what we call a walkie. And it is a, I don't know if you've seen these. They're not super common, but I love them. It's a coffee cup. It's got black ridges on it. Have you ever seen the ridged coffee cup? No. Okay, well, anyway, it's black. It's a really beautiful coffee cup. It's paper, but we're about to sell it branded as, as and you can put a cup top on it, and it looks like a cup of coffee, and you can carry your wine out with you. So put my rosé in Here there. We go. Put a bunch of ice. You guys, go check out the box. I'm very proud of this. Like I said, I handpicked every single one, and just to know all of the research behind this, Todd, is so incredible. I feel so good about putting the brand with you guys like this is 10 out of 10 thank you so much for partnering with me and michael and i will be bringing this wine to our oyster dinner tonight yeah nice. thanks so much for doing this really admire what you're doing i think if people are going to partake like being able to provide them an alternative like this and educate them and make sure that they actually know what they're getting is good is an amazing thing so congratulations thanks for having me it's a lot to cover and you know i know it's a deep down in the weeds but it's important that people know and we just covered kind of part of it we could do another hour on uh the rest of the toxins, but thanks for having us. Great time. Next time in Miami with you and Mark and, and you guys, I will leave the link in the show notes. Where can everyone find you and dry farm wines? Pimp yourself out. We are dry farm wines on all social. You'll see us everywhere. 
Todd, you're a wealth of knowledge. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Cheers. Thanks. Go shop our pink box, you guys. It's so cute. It's all my favorite wines. I'm especially obsessed with the sparkling one. You're going to love it. You can go get the Skinny Confidential's Giggle Water Box with Dry Farm Wines on dryfarmwines.com slash the Skinny Confidential. I'm so excited about this. It's $192. You're going to get six bottles of organic, no sugar added, biodynamic wine. Trust me, I'm telling you, I was very serious when I picked these wines. And the fact that they're sugar-free and they're all from Italy and France, it's a plus. This box is so perfect for New Year's Eve, just saying. Also, we're doing a giveaway. If you want to win the Skinny Confidential's Giga Water Box, all you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest post at Lauren Bostick. On that note, thank you so much for the support, and we'll see you next time. Here's one for all the neurotic, anxiety-driven listeners that are like myself. Let's talk about Route. If you are like me and you get anxiety wondering where your online orders are, tracking them down, wondering about delivery times, wondering if you're going to be home when it's delivered, wondering if you're ever going to get your package, then I have the solution for you, and it is called Route. Route is a free app that tracks everything you order online all in one place. It's a must-have, especially for the holidays. What it does is it pulls all your orders all in one place, like I said, and it shows you on a map so you can track your packages, understand where they all are, when they're being delivered. There's no more tracking down a bunch of tracking orders in your inbox, no more keeping track of order numbers, all of that stuff that just becomes so cumbersome and such a pain in the ass. And like I said, it's completely free. It's a must have for anyone that does any online shopping, which is basically everyone these days. It's also great right now during the holidays for people that are doing a ton of online shopping, wondering where those gifts are, when they're going to arrive, where they are, so just so you don't lose anything in the mix of the holiday chaos. And did I mention it's completely free? What Route does is it connects with any email address and even your Amazon account so you can stay on top of every order all in one place. What's also incredible is it shows photos of the items you order because sometimes having shopping amnesia, you just kind of forget what you have. So again, it has all your tracking, it has your order numbers, it has your emails connected and has photos of your items to figure out exactly when they're going to get there. So check it out. Visit www.route.com skinny to download route and more information. That's www.route.com skinny.